welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Friend, I am so glad you're here, and you are going to just love our episode today. Oh my gosh. But before we dive in, I want you to know that if you are in a season of just needing some extra encouragement during your single life... Or if you're in a relationship and want some extra insight, I'm actually offering one-on-one relationship coaching. We will together develop a plan of action for your dating life and find ways of opportunity that will leave you inspired in love and in wholeness and give you a whole lot of clarity. So if you're interested, you can go to heartofdating.com forward slash coaching to find out more. Now, do y'all know what Christianese is? Because today you're about to hear a whole heck of a lot of it with our guest, Bianca Oltoff. Our conversation is spicy and full of laughs and all of the real talk. And I love it so much because I for sure made a new friend. Bianca is a Jesus-loving speaker, pastor, and a book-writing Mexican married to her amazing hubby, Matt. Together, they co-pastor a church in Orange County called The Father's House. And they are a literal hashtag dream team, you guys. I also love that Bianca and I share in a passion for prison ministry. She founded the amazing 501c3 nonprofit called In the Name of Love, which is a powerful prison ministry organization dedicated to transforming lives through the saving power of Jesus. Lastly, she is currently writing a book that will launch in June of 2019, so y'all best get excited about it. So today we talk about all of the things. We talk about being an awkward Christian and how we over-spiritualize sometimes, thinking that we need a word from God before going on a first date. We talk about also how we sometimes blame God for why we're breaking up with someone. And the reason we can talk about all of these things is because we are both guilty of them. Bianca gets real about her story and she lays it down with her advice to not do it the same way. She also reveals her VDS, which is her viable dating score that is A, hilarious and B, super helpful. We laugh a ton and I know that you guys are going to be so filled with energy, excitement and wisdom as you listen to us. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the incredible Bianca Oltoff. Bianca Oltoff in the house today. Girl, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so good. I'm so excited for just what we're going to cover today because, girl, I know you have a heart for dating and you love just talking some real truth up in this world and I am right alongside you. So I'm so excited to just dive right on in with you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm excited to open up Pandora's box. Yes, girl. So just for the listeners, will you just tell us a little bit about you and your passions and everything so people can get familiar with who you are? Yeah. So my name is Bianca. I live in Orange County, but I still consider myself to be an LA girl, born and raised. Um, I came past the orange curtain, as I like to say, into Orange County uh, (laughs) when I got married eight years ago. So it's been such a fun adventure. I have had the distinct honor and privilege of working for A21, a global anti-human trafficking organization, as well as helping launch Propel Women under Chris and Nick Kane. Oh, she's And uh, I know, I know. Some people might know who she is. Such a fierce warrior. (laughs) I'm like, how do you do it, girl? How does she do it? It's so And then she inspires other women to do the same. And and I feel like I've learned so much on her. Um, So when I transitioned out of work there, I launched um, a prison initiative where we go in and resource uh, inmates, both male and female, and not just resource them, but tell them about who Jesus is, 
Uh, I'm passionate about the church, born and raised in the church, local church yeah. girl. In fact, uh, I always said I was never going to marry a pastor. I was never going to start a church and I was never going to work in ministry. And <laughs> God just took all my nevers and laughed at them. So now, uh, cause I married a missions pastor, I'm serving <laughs> in ministry. And so God has a funny sense of humor. So now I'm saying things like, I will never have a six pack. I will never own a mansion because I'm like, I'm hip to the game. Um, but I love the conversation that we're about to have right now because I am passionate about healthy dating relationships in light of, and I understand that not everyone has a faith background. Not everyone might understand or like Christianity, mm. but I do think that there's some great biblical principles, whether you agree in Christianity or not, yeah. that lead to healthy relationships. So I love having conversations with my Muslim friends or atheist friends. And if we don't determine the barometer for what health is in relationships and monogamy and dating or courting or dorting, as I like to say, um, then <laughs> dorting, we need, I've never heard that. I love it, oh it. yeah. It's a great combination between dating and courting where you're yes. not really sure you fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to use that from now on. The dorting is out. Go ahead, like, I don't want to date you. I want to dort you. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Honestly, on my first date with my now husband, yeah. I, I went in so hard. I did all the things that you should not do. Like oh talk gosh, about really us. hard things. <laughs> yeah. And literally at the end, he's like, wow, you, I just are like so full of questions. And I said, <laughs> I was so lovely. I said it with a smile. I said, well, absolutely. I don't want to waste your money and my time because you <laughs> asked me out in this state, but it's my time. <laughs> you're like I can recognize that you're paying for this date but also I'm like investing my time right now oh, and that's yeah, pretty precious yeah. let's so. not waste each other's resources friends you know <laughs> seriously I love it okay so you just brought that up but you know anyone who's passionate about a topic usually has a story behind it so I know you have your own unique story of dating and your story with your husband so can you just share a little bit even about that with us because I know that's going to be awesome and encouraging for everyone listening so okay so my background is Hispanic Anything, yeah. anything about Hispanic culture, um, my people have a tendency to get married young and have like lots of kids. So my <laughs> 29th birthday, when I'm still single, don't have kids, my family thinks, is there something wrong with Bianca? Um, I was just kind of questioning, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> uh, and I had, uh, I have a twin sister mm -hmm. who she met her uh, now husband in high school. So they oh. dated for about six years, five, six years. And, and they're still together now. They've been married for gosh, I mean, almost 14 years. Wow, and, yeah. um, so uh, about 10 years ago, my sister was just like, Hey, I think, um, you should think about online dating. Mm. And like, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I've seen Dateline how to catch a predator <laughs> and, I'm going to date the Craigslist killer. You know, yeah. like this is really what's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, she's just like, well, you are 26 years old and your prospects are low. Everyone that you go to grad school with is attracted to the person of the same sex. Everyone from church wants to date dad and everyone from the gym is a meathead. So what are your <laughs> options? And so we waited and waited and then I got real spiritual. And so she brought up the conversation a, a year or two later. And I said, I believe that if God can part the Red Sea, then he can bring someone to my porch. And she's like, well, then you're going to fall in love with the FedEx guy because ain't yes. no one else coming to the porch. Yes, that's she right. She is so bring savage. Savage. 
So, You're like, um, okay, so I have to, it, it's that whole thing. You can't be passive. I encourage people all the time. Dating, yeah, we're not going to marry the Amazon delivery guy, the FedEx right, guy. Like God's right. not bringing him to your doorstep yes. in a perfect bow. you got to be active, y'all. And you want to know something? Okay, so for anyone who's listening right now and you do marry your Postmates driver, like <laughs> let us know. Hit us up. The Uber driver DM. Postmates. Come on now. Yes, yeah. yes. Prove us wrong. We want you to prove us wrong. Um, but then do you so really want to date? Anyway, whatever. Do you want to marry your Postmates delivery guy? I don't know. I don't know. It could be his side hustle. Maybe he's a secret millionaire. We just we don't, don't know. know. We, we don't, don't know. know. No judgment. Okay. <laughs> so after um, a couple of months and years of like putting it off, putting it off finally, uh, in a moment of desperation, in a moment of um, willingness, mm-hmm. uh, my sister and I built out an eHarmony profile mm-hmm. and... I called it eHarmony because the first person I was matched with, I'm like, eHarmony is broken. Like, I think (laughs) I broke it because this cannot possibly be my most compatible match. He was listed as his occupation was keeper of the night. His most notable accomplishment was 2007 Scrabble champion. And yeah, and the most influential person in his life, he didn't want to let that information go publicly. So there was all sorts of wrong things, including the fact that he took a selfie before selfies were a thing inside his bathroom, wearing sunglasses, and the reflection of his bathroom mirror showed his bedroom that had a mattress, no sheet, and a pile of white laundry on the floor. No, you are kidding me. I can't make this up. No, that is too specific to be made up. That is, you can't. That is like- And literally, I can't, okay? I just, I couldn't. It was all these things that You're like, I mean, I do want to play Scrabble when I'm 80, but like, I don't know (laughs) if I want that. Someone who's been the Scrabble champion. Okay. So um, I didn't go out with anyone. I didn't talk with anyone. I didn't chat with anyone. I might have, like, if my memory serves me correct, I might have corresponded lightly, like one round of communication and then just shut it down. And just, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> and you just need one. Mm. Yeah. I, I went eHarmony had sent me like, Hey, this is your compatible match for the week. And while people were getting like 20, 30, 40 matches a week, I was getting like three. <laughs> I thought it was clearly, it was the width of my thighs. It was me. I'm too much. I'm not oh, enough. Yeah. It was all the things. Mm. And, um, I went to go just delete the email. I wasn't going to open it. And my cursor accidentally, instead of deleting it, it opened it. Mm. I see this guy who is 6'2 and has blue eyes and has his masters and has his teeth and could spell <laughs> like the basic things yeah. that feel so elusive in online dating. Yeah. And uh, You're like, he and seems like a normal human being. He's totally normal. Oh my gosh. Totally normal. <laughs> and it said that his occupation was community developer. He lived in Orange County and I was like, oh my gosh, he has a job and he loves Jesus. Like (laughs) sign me up. And um, it's just that just love Jesus and have a job. I mean, come on. The bar is so low, sister. That's the bar. And you would be surprised at how many men are weeded out just from that, you know? Um, Seriously. Especially in LA. Okay. Not to hate on the LA people. I love them, but it's hard. Uh, The struggle is so hard. The struggle is so real. So I have a VDS available, a viable dating score. And so if you can't, if a guy can't score three points, not 300, if he can't score three points in the viable dating score, then he's not the one for you. And the three points are one, does he love Jesus? Mm -hmm. And not like no John 316 and carry a 10 pound Bible. Like, does he have a relationship with Jesus? Because if he doesn't love Jesus, he's never going to love you the way that you need to love. Number two, does he have a job? (laughs) J-O-B. A J-O-B. He cannot live in his mother's basement as a barista 
you know, playing <laughs> Fortnite every day. Like he needs to have a job. And lastly, does a brother floss and brush his teeth? Oh my word. It will turn into halitosis from Hades and no one wants that. So I have a thing go. with breath. I'm like, if you, if, if it's bad breath, I'm, I'm not, I can't, you can be, literally be like David Beckham. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bad breath now, no teeth later. It's the <laughs> truth. And you it's don't so want to have a toothless husband. <laughs> I mean, there are dentures, but yeah, girl, I feel you. <laughs> I'm hearing the chorus of like, I ain't too proud to beg. So maybe for someone out there, they're okay with not no flossing and bad breath. I know. I'm like, okay. I mean, if you're in the same boat, then I guess it's fine. You know, it's just, you got (laughs) to figure out what's good for you. I guess. Oh my gosh. So you guys, so you open the email. Yeah. I opened the email and we started communicating. It's a little bit more dramatic because I'm totally awkward and weird. And so I made up kind of a lie about how I couldn't meet up for a coffee on the day that we were second meet up for coffee and then use that as a really good excuse to get out of online dating. And I told him, cause I'm not awkward at all. I said, there's a God call upon my life. And I don't think <laughs> online dating is for me. This is very, very long email. And I was just like, no. my heart. Oh, no, yes. You yes. wrote him and a then, long email. You're like, I this did. is my intention in dating. And this is oh why I don't think it's going to work. And he's like, this is Girl. why I'm passionate about dating because I was so stupid. Oh, and man. he replied back. No problem. Dot, dot, dot. It was just coffee. Oh <laughs> my gosh. And you're like, oh, you're like reality check. Uh, okay. He's, totally. I'm being the crazy one. Now I'm being crazy and totally. he's normal. Okay. Yeah. It is yeah. just coffee. All right. And so we went out for coffee and on that first date, mm. I said to myself, it wasn't love at first sight. Like I think that my husband's incredibly handsome, but it mm. wasn't, it wasn't his his looks. There was something about the ethos of who he was Mm. and how he can stand back from being burned in love and still be willing to love again. His passion for God, his passion for his, his family's kids. He has two kids Mm. and, um, he's just so strong. There was something about that that made me walk away from that date. And I said, how do I get this guy to Mm. fall in love with me? And We've been married for seven years and I'm a stepmom of two kids Wow! and, um, came into the life at five and seven and got married a year and a half later. And now they're 12 and 13. Wow. I love that story because, okay, a few things that you just addressed here is like just so real because the thing is that Christian dating, dating as a Christian can be so awkward. It can be so like, we put this whole thing in our minds of like, the meaning of dating and like just finding a husband or a wife or whatever. And it's this huge, like we are like, we sweat thinking about it. We're like, Oh my gosh, I want to ask me out. This is like, what, what am I, what do I look like? What does this mean? What is their 401k? Like, can they be the mother or father of my children? Right. And we do some really awkward things. So I feel like just you and learning from your story is so amazing for everyone else listening, because there are some things that people do that like, we just need to call out right now. I think like we need to call yeah. out like that. And I know you talk about this a lot, but like hyper spiritual, hyper spiritualizing things, you know, like there's just some things that we do that are a little bit too much that we do not have to do when we're dating. Let's talk about that for a sec. <laughs> yeah. So I think sometimes as Christians, we like do the most mm-hmm. and that's not in a good, it's not in a good sense. We're doing the most. We immediately feel like with, um, so this is what you had said. This Mm -hmm. is literally my story. When my now has a Matt asked me out for coffee, 
I said, Hey, let me get back to you. And then I immediately called my best friend. I said, Oh my God, he asked me out to coffee. And she was just like, you're 28, go to coffee. It's, it's, it's coffee. It's not a marriage proposal. Stop being weird. And, um, I think that sometimes because we get to this point where we're like, I don't want to frivolously date. I don't want to waste my time. Um, I'm not too sure if this person could be the one, or maybe this person is the one. All of a sudden you have this inordinate desire to be his P31, his probably 31 wife. And then you're already naming your children after the first date. So we just got to be super cautious and super careful about jumping in to the future without even knowing like our present. Mm. And the reason why, I mean, I'm sure dating is awkward for people of any age group and any religious belief. But I think as Christians, Mm -hmm. we speak about this like heady theological term called sovereignty, which basically is like Mm -hmm. God's in control of all. And if we believe that he's in control of all, then must we like hustle to find a husband. Mm. And so we live in this tension, the dichotomy of that. But I feel like sometimes the pendulum swings really far to the left or really far to the right. Mm. What does it look like to be balanced, balanced women of the word that, Hey, we believe that God is good. We believe that he's in control of all, but I'm also going to, if we can use the, the, the story of Ruth, I'm going to go into the field and work. And it was in her survival and her taking care of herself and those that she loved that she came across someone who didn't, I love, I, I, I'm writing a, a book yeah. paralleling the story of Ruth. And I love that the first thing out of Boaz's mouth wasn't, dang, she is so fine. Can I get her digits? You know, <laughs> yes. you could thank your mama for the back, you know, like that. You know, it wasn't any of that stuff. Mm. And there was no cheesy pickup lines like, yep. hey, my, my ancestors, Joshua, must I walk around you before your walls fall down for me? <laughs> like there was none of this like super cheese <laughs> super christian stuff. He asked about her character. He said, who is that woman? And yeah. he saw her working. And that was the thing that he was attracted to. And I think so many times we feel like I've got to clean up my Instagram look. I've got to be super skinny. I've got to be super perfect. I have to do yet another Bible study. When the truth is, get in your field and work and mm-hmm. just see who's running alongside of you. Yeah. So I think that uh, we have to be careful that the narrative of Christian dating doesn't make us feel like we are lame and we are stupid and don't know how to do it. So agree. And something I say to people now, just encouraging in them with that or to them is that like dating is not two half people coming together. It is two whole people coming together to build something even greater, even fuller. And so you need to have a full and whole life in like without outside of marriage, outside of dating, like you need to be a full and whole person. You are not here to like, ooh, just be on scout guard for my husband at every possible, or wife at every possible corner, you know? And to that point, like if someone asks you on a date, it's okay, we need to breathe. Like, it's okay, you can still make a friend. Like even if the date doesn't go well, or if you decide you don't wanna be with them, there's so much you learn even more about yourself. You're like, oh, I'm so solid in myself that even if this date and this process doesn't even, doesn't work out, it doesn't shake my unshakable root of truth and love and knowing who I am. Absolutely. I think that sometimes like even in your case, like your story with your husband, like we do this a lot. We're like, I need a word from God before I go on a date with this person. I need to just like wait for this like heavenly moment, the skies to part and be like, ah, 
ah, yes, go out with that person. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) Right. Right. And there's a lot of pressure on, you know, waiting for a sign or getting confirmation or like seeing him worship. And all of a sudden, Michael, the archangel ascends or descends from heaven to like whisper (laughs) in our ear that he's the one. But one of the things that I want to talk about, and if you want to talk about this, we talk about like this idea of like being normal and going on dates. And I want to bring healthy conversation about like, how to date well. Yeah. Because dating isn't prescribed or described in the Bible per se, it's super nebulous. So we default to quote unquote the world to determine mm-hmm. what dating is. But what if we just had some nomenclature around um like a healthy date where you don't feel like it's gonna end up in bed or you've got to be like dressed in a burqa and <laughs> you know, leaving room for the Holy Spirit ten feet right. between us. You know, no, no frontal hugs, people, right? It's like, <laughs> only, no, side only, only side hugs. Only side hugs. Come on. <laughs> There's so much Christianese in this conversation I can't. It's I mean, amazing. It's, <laughs> it's like the best. I'm like the title of this episode, Christianese 101. Christianese no. <laughs> 101. Christianese dating. Yeah. yeah. Okay, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> so one of the things that I like to encourage yeah. um either uh people that I'm mentoring or young women that I'm Mm -hmm. talking to, or even just people in general, like I feel like my call in life is to be a Christian matchmaker. Like Mm -hmm. I want to move over Patty Stegner. I want to be a Yenta. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so one of the things that I really encourage people to do is like, Hey, if you ask someone on a date, whether you're, you know, whether you're a guy asking a girl or a girl asking a guy out, because I'm not opposed to a girl asking a guy out. Amen. Thank you for saying that. So yeah, well, Mm -hmm. and I'll back this up with some scripture. Yes. But, um, but I think that if, if you take the initiative to ask someone out, then you take the initiative at planning a date. Mm. Because if you ask someone out and then you leave it to them, then it feels kind of unclear as to the intentions or expectations. So if you're going to take authority, take authority. Now that doesn't mean that you have to micromanage and have a thousand things all laid out. However, I do believe that it helps in determining the flow of the day. In addition to that, keep it casual. Mm. If you have like a beach dinner with candlelight and a petal of roses leading up to it might feel a little overwhelming. Yes. So keep it super, super casual and keep it like you would be going out with a friend. You could yes. be attracted to that friend, but it's weird if you're weird. Don't. It- be weird. So true. And it puts unnecessary pressure. If the date is like this extra, the first date, especially this extravagant, like you feel pressure to like really like that person per se. If that like you, and that like can lead to you to be like, yeah, I like you, you know, when you may actually not. And that's okay. But uh, amazing. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Or the other side is you could miss out on a friend. Yes. Like maybe you weren't great dating partners, but that person could be a really good friend and exactly. you just made it so awkward. Totally. I love that too, because I have like told lots of people, like, that's what I do now. I've dated lots of guys, even in my church community and just friends that, you know, if you keep it clear, honest, intentional, if you're just like keeping that open dialogue and not putting so much pressure and not going overly in too quickly, you know, if it doesn't work after a few, after a few dates or after a month, you can have that conversation and still be friends with them. And you can then rec- like recommend them for other people in your life. If you do this the healthy Absolutely. way, that's not with a ton of high pressure. Cause if that guy's not good for me, that's okay. I don't have to let that like prick my identity and say, okay, oh, well he doesn't like you that way. So, you know, no guys like you that way. No, that is a lie. He just, he's not the right person for me, but that means he's the right person for someone else. So, and he's a great guy potentially. So let me 
pass him along to friends of mine that might be a better fit for them. We don't need to be a bed, like a fit and a match with every single person. We just need to be a match with one person. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't, I can't stress that enough. It, mm. It's weird. If you're weird, it's extra. If you're extra, be normal. Uh, and then I also like to say like, there's like four basic things. Like mm. first one is if you ask them out, take initiative. Yes, if you, Number two, if you ask them out, then plan the date. Number mm. three, keep the date less than 90 minutes. Yes, I'm in and with that. Yes, girl. I'm serious. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Even if you're having the best time, I call it thirst training. Make <laughs> a guy thirsty for you. Don't <laughs> give yourself out and like five hours later when you've absolutely run out of things to talk about that you kind of leave the date a little like open or, or dry. Yes. No, 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 no. And, and here, you are a confident woman that is busy and you have things to do. So you end the date at 90 minutes. Yes. Now, and, and then lastly, uh, this is me. This is me. And this goes along with thirst training. But like, <laughs> I would say, keep intimacy out of it. Totally. Like, I'm even talking about holding hands or making out. Like, I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about just like keep yes. intimacy out of it. Because the moment that intimacy is involved, whether it's hand holding or even a long linger hug <laughs> with chest up against each other, listen, there is emotions that come into play yes. that will confuse you. Girl, I you were speaking my language. I once like went so quickly with a guy and you know, there's a level of when you go that fast with someone in the beginning, it's infatuation and you get really Absolutely. blinded, those rose colored glasses, that person can't do anything wrong. And you don't, you don't have the ability and the clarity and the discernment to see possibly some of their flaws or possibly some of the ways that they maybe aren't the best fit for you. And it was a healthy relationship, but like the infatuation was so real for me. In the beginning, we had these like 20 minute long hug embraces because we weren't kissing, but we were like, well, let's just hug for 20 minutes and it's intimate. And I'm like, that's just the same. (laughs) Like It's just like, I mean, and it's so silly sounding like we hugged for 20 minutes, but I'm like, you're passionately feeling someone in that moment, your emotions are high. So you're still creating an emotion connection with that Absolutely. person. I couldn't Absolutely. agree more. I tell people like, do not kiss on a first date. Just please just don't like, <laughs> you don't have to know if they're a good kisser. Like that's why, why do you need to figure that out on a first date? Mm-mm. And I think to clarify, cause I think you and I would land in the same camp about this. And yeah. please tell me if I, if I'm, no, I'm putting words in your mouth, but it's not because we are like hyper Christian goody, goody. Right. And don't kiss. Don't give your kisses away. You're like a rose petal. Don't give your petals <laughs> away. Cause you're left with a nub. I, when I hear you talk about that, and even when I talk about that, it's not necessarily because we're prudish. Mm. It's we're wise. Yes. It, you will get cloudy judgment. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're love drunk and then you're not making the best decision. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily we're anti-kissing. Like I made out with my husband before he got married and I appreciate it. Yeah. I know some people wait till the altar and I was like, bump that trash. This guy's <laughs> way too hot. You know, you're like, that's great for you, sister. Not great for me, not but for I, me. That, but like all the power <laughs> to you. I'm the same way. I've had friends also do that. I'm like, that's amazing. It's so not me. Like not for me. Not not me. (laughs) And honestly, like you just have to be on the same page with physical boundaries with the person you're with. Like, so that's That's the most important thing. Yes. But I totally agree with you. And I even had friends where I've encouraged them. I'm like, the thing is that like, you could be really attracted to him, but you want to be attracted to his heart first and foremost over the physical stuff. Like all that stuff is going to fade one day and attraction is important. Definitely. You want to be attracted to the person and have chemistry with them. But first and foremost, like character is the thing that is going to save you through your life. Like, are you with a man of really, or a woman of really amazing, solid character and be, try to be attracted to that first, then all the other physical qualities, because you like, 
it also, like you said, is it's cloudy. And I think, you know, just to tangent on that, we also get a little cloudy in the same way with physical intimacy, with spiritual intimacy. Like really early on, I think some people are like, let's like pray for hours about our relationship to on the second date. And it's like, wait, you're also getting too spiritually intimate too. So I also see that happen a lot where I'm like, ooh, that's a little bit to me a red flag. I don't know what you think about that. But um, yeah, like if you're too spiritually intimate as well too soon, it's similar that you can have a false sense of commitment and emotional intimacy with that person because of those things. I 100% agree. And then one of the things that I've also noticed is that sometimes in our like spiritualness, Mm -hmm. we feel like, Oh, God told me to do this or God told me to do that. And that happens with a false sense of emotional intimacy Mm -hmm. where you go there like spiritually way too quick. And I I feel I'm just a little leery of that. Now, do I believe that couples should pray together? I think that that's great. Do I think that it should be long, emotional, let's intercede to the throne room and wait till gold dust appears? No, no. (laughs) I feel like it's just too much, too soon. Take your time, have have wisdom. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like don't rush there too quickly. Again, like what the physical aspect can do, the spiritual aspect can do completely as well. Mm -hmm. And- and there's a, there's a danger in it. I love when the pendulum just stays right in the middle. Yes. And it's a health. It's so to keep in check, like I'm always like, well, make sure you have other people asking you questions. Like, you know, don't just be hanging out with them one-on-one all the time alone and never telling people like I'm dating this person. Like make Wisdom. sure some people around you and bring that person around people. I'm not saying like you always have to be in groups. We don't have to do the I kiss dating goodbye, all the things, but like, you know, bring, allow some eyes on the relationship too. And like, make sure that you know your weaknesses. Like I know sometimes my weakness can be physical boundaries in the past it has been. So I'm going to tell close people in a relationship when I'm in relationship, like, Hey, you know, these parts of me, I want to give you the reins and the, the ability to call me out. If you see, if you want to, like whenever you want, you have, you can just call me out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you tonight that I'm hanging out with this guy, um, that I'm dating and you have every right to text me at 11 PM and be like, girl, what you doing right now? <laughs> wow. That's so great. That's so great. And so brave. Yeah. You you are a rare bird. <laughs> because it's like one of those things where it's like, well, I don't want to make a mistake, you know? And I yeah. know, I know my limits. I know my weaknesses. So if I can be aware of that in advance, then let me set myself up for a better success story versus, oh, then we do something we don't like. And then next day we're running the shame game and, you know, trying to get out of it and then seeking prayer and counsel. And <laughs> I mean, if that happens, that's okay. You still can do those things, but like, why not try to set yourself up for success? Absolutely. Friends, okay, exciting news. So through all of my podcast conversations, meeting with pastors, speakers, and authors, the reading of every relationship book under the sun, coupled with my own 15 years of dating experience, I have realized that I am bursting at the seams with knowledge and insight. So I took everything I learned throughout my 15 years of dating experience and I created something amazing. And I'm excited to be introducing it to you today via the Date Great course. The Date Great course is a time for you to dive into transforming your dating life. I will equip you over a five-week time span with the knowledge, tools, and insight you need to love your dating life again and find a healthy, lasting Christian relationship. In module one, we're going to talk about how singleness is not a disease. We'll discuss how we can steward this time well to cultivate holy ambition and develop disciplines that will set us up for marriage. In module two, we'll talk about what is dating anyway, and we'll go over an awareness of your real intentions and ambitions in dating. I will also give you a framework for the various stages of dating, how to navigate each one, and how to initiate different kinds of conversations. 
In module three, we'll talk about dating essentials. We'll talk about how to know you're dateable. What qualities do you need to have? And then what kind of qualities do you really need to look for in someone else? What kind of a list should you have? Lastly, in module four, we're going to talk about how do you know that you know as we walk through the discernment process and truly determining if you want to spend your life with someone. We will also discuss breakups and how to handle them on either side. There will also be bonus content, including the ultimate dating essentials checklist, the top secrets to initiating, the love thyself guide, and the ultimate breakup Bible study and prayer guide. I am giving Heart of Dating listeners the chance to get on a special list to have first access to this course. You can visit heartofdating.com slash date great to reserve your spot today. I have so much hope and excitement for all of you. I really don't want you to have to go through all the pain, destruction, and frustration I went through. You are ready for freedom and breakthrough and an amazing relationship. So visit heartofdating.com slash date great. I think this happens a lot with when you decide you do not want to be with a person, right? You brought up this whole like kind of blaming God thing, like God told me you're not the one or the X, Y, Z. And so I think that I'm not saying that God doesn't share things with us, right? But I think that there is a way to really also still be truthful with the person. I think that sometimes we can use that as an excuse, like an over-spiritual excuse, like, "Mm, yeah, nope, you're just not the one. You know oh, what I, I mean? I totally have used that excuse. Yeah. I totally use that excuse. I, I'm seriously, I'm your case study for what not to do. Like, where was your podcast 10 years ago, sister? <laughs> Literally. That's what I'm talking about. No. Um, girl, so on the too. flip side is, you know, we have guys or girls that were like, oh my God, God told me that I was going to marry you. Yeah. And then it's so awkward. And the truth is that if God told if God's going to bring these two people together, then he'll reveal to both of them mm. that they're supposed to be together. So yes. don't be weird. And here's the thing. Maybe you did hear that this is the person for you. Wait until they get confirmation yeah. so that you don't look super creepy. Yes. Um, the flip side of this is saying, <clears throat> I've been praying and I'm believing that we're not supposed to be together. I feel like God is calling me out of this relationship. Listen, that is nothing more than an escape goat. You are done with the relationship. Do not bring sweet little baby Jesus into this. I have done this. I have done this. Oh my gosh, and, girl. I have too. And it's I'm not like, like it's an I, intentional lie. Yes. You know, we're not vile, but mm-hmm. we're just this, this feeling that we confuse mm-hmm. this feeling with being like the spirit of God telling us what to do. Listen, feelings are like farts. They're yeah. here for a second and sometimes they stink. You cannot oh be guided gosh. by your feelings. Oh my and word. don't use Jesus as an excuse. Be a yes. grown woman and making grown woman decision saying, yes. I think you're amazing. You're just not the one for me. Yes. And that's okay. And this is probably why this is maybe the areas where I see incompatibility. Like you can speak grace and truth and love and be kind. You know, nothing's worse than like leaving a person with like no clue what happened, you know, where like they can't even receive something constructive. It also may be you, maybe you have to work on things, but be real about what it is. Like maybe you really have some brokenness that came up and are like, Hey, yo, I need to go get some therapy on this, or I need to work on these things. And I'm so sorry. I need versus like, God told me you're not the one, or maybe it's the opposite. And maybe that person person, you see some areas like there's still ways to call them out and truth and love, or just, you know, reveal the ways you don't think that you'd be a compatible match for life. The thing is that like, I've been in too many relationships where you just are provided with zero answers. And then you're like, uh, well, how do I even move forward? Like, what can I learn? I can't even learn from this because I don't even know why you're breaking up with me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a way to call it out in truth and love. And like, And I'm not saying like, be mean about it. Again, it's like, you have to be graceful and loving, um, but be truthful. 
be truthful. Absolutely. You know, I think like we do each other a service Mm -hmm. rather than a disservice when we're honest, because there could be something that like, that's a great like soul check for me. Maybe if a guy's not attracted to me because of this thing that I could actually control or actually modify or actually change by the spirit of God. And it's making me a better person. So, Hey, when someone has a hard conversation about a character flaw, a disposition, um, a bad body odor, we should thank them. Send them flowers, send them a bottle of champagne and say, thank you for making me a better person. (laughs) Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. And that comes with like, you know, being strong in your identity, because if you're strong and you know, your deep and true value and love, then if someone calls you out in something, you're going to like grasp on that being like, yes, I can actually learn from this. This is great. You know, like versus being like, oh my gosh, they don't like me. I'm unlovable. And going into these shame lies, right? Um, Something like I always say pretty much, Bianca, that my number one quality, I tell people, you got to look for this and you have to have it is a teachable spirit. Like if you don't have that, you're going to have so many issues in your life. If the other person doesn't have that, because I don't even know if we can be true Christ followers, if we don't have a teachable spirit, how can I really follow Christ's ways if I'm not teachable to what he's trying to tell me, you know? And if you want to be with someone, like if you call them out in truth and love, you want to know that they're willing to be humble and to, you know, hear you and this and vice versa. Like you want to also be called out for the sake of growth and eventually in marriage for the sake of like sanctification, right? Because that is the goal in marriage. So I think like, Another thing, oh my gosh, I'm going on and on here, but like in breakups, we have to also do ourselves a favor of knowing like if you are speaking in kindness and love and grace to someone and telling them the truth, if you do have the boldness to do that and the other person doesn't take it well, you are not responsible for the way they deal with that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great. That's wisdom. Mm. And girl, so I also want to talk about some compatibility things here because I've heard you talk about like attraction, which I think is important in relationship, but I think that there's like two sides of it, right? So I think that either people settle when they're not attracted to someone because they're just so lonely and distraught and they don't know what, like what to do. So they're like, well, I'll just marry this person, even if I'm not attracted to them at all. Or on the other flip side, there's people who have a, a really narrow view of attraction. Like, you know, I've heard guys say, yeah, I want this Bible loving Victoria's Secret model kind of girl. And I'm like, <laughs> does that even exist? Like, what are you looking for? <laughs> like, really? Okay. But what do you, why are you saying that? Like, anyway, so what do you think is like the balance for us? of finding attraction in these compatibility points, but not being too narrow-minded as well in the process? I think that, uh, so there's, I feel like there's multiple layers of attraction. Like I said earlier, um, I I believe that my husband's handsome and not because I married him, but like legitimately do believe that he's handsome. But I think that if we start recognizing the other layers of attraction. So there's mm-hmm. a physical attraction, of course, yeah. but there's also a spiritual attraction that mm-hmm. should be there as well. And then also like a relational attraction. Mm-hmm. So even if we speak about like, uh, the different level of love, like, so there's, um, agape love. Mm-hmm. So that would be the spiritual level of attraction. Like we are attracted to the God living in them. Yeah. There's the Eros love, like the, Hey baby, <laughs> like the sexual attraction yeah, love. Song of and then there's mm-hmm. the Phileo love of like, yeah. can you see yourself being friends with that person? And so even though like I've had, I've seen some great friends where I'm like, dude, how did he get her? She's like totally amazing and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. 
And there's this deep level of attraction, deep level of chemistry in a different level. So I feel like when we enter into relationships, have a cognizant awareness that of course you have to be attracted to someone. Please be attracted to the person. This is going to be the last person you ever see naked. I hope you're attracted to them. <laughs> but I believe that there's other layers of attraction that we need to be open to and awaken mm. so that we're not just categorizing attraction as like whether or not I'm turned on by being in their presence. Yes. And we fall in love with their brain. We fall in love with their heart. We fall in love with their body. We fall in love with who they are, the totality of who they are. Mm, that's good. And so do you think to that point that attraction can build over time then? Because some people will eliminate, you know, potential options right away. Like I hear this all the time when people are like, no, I'm not going to go out with them. They're not my type or I'm not attracted to them. Just by glance, they don't even know the person. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a little hesitant with that because I feel like, um, now, okay. So if you're repulsed, that's one thing, <laughs> yeah. but if you're just kind of like, I just don't know if I could be attracted. Well, you don't know. I yes. really encourage people to at least go on, a, go on a date. Yes. If, you, if there's even like an iota of possibility, I think that you should. And then let's say you go on the date and you're like, Hmm, that actually wasn't bad. Mm. And I encourage you to go on a third date, yes. uh, a second date. And mm-hmm. by the third date is that's when you have to kind of pull the trigger. It's like make a decision because the last thing you want to do is string someone emotionally on or just get your meals paid for for free. Like we don't want you to be a gold digger because you don't have money and some great gracious guy is asking you out. Um, But I definitely think it's like you have to give it three shots in the same way of like, hey, even if you're dating a church, I don't think that you should go to church once and say like, that church was horrible. I'm never going back there again. I think that you have to give it time to kind of feel like, is this a place where I could vibe? Is this a place where I can grow? Is this someone that's going to build into my life in a place that I would want to serve or be in community? The same thing goes into personal relationships. Hey, is this person someone I can grow with? Is this person going to benefit me? Am I going to benefit this person? Is there this mutuality that we could bring in better, like in betterment of each other? Mm. If the answer to that is yes, then Hey, you never know. Mm -hmm. So I, yes, I did find my husband attractive when I saw him, but the moment I got to know him, I was like, Oh my gosh, your holiness is hotness, baby. Yes. Like that's what really made me like love this sucker. Yes. For sure. Holiness is hotness. Let's do it. <laughs> for real. For real. No, but that's true too, because I think that sometimes when we have such a rigid view of what we think we need or want or what attraction will look like for us, like we're not allowing God in at all when we're like, this is my little list. I'm holding it on for dear life and I need all Absolutely. these qualities. And also like, even when you say type, I usually find when I'm asking someone like, well, what is your type then? Like, and most of the time, usually not all the time, but most of the time type is based on just physical characteristics and not character qualities. I'm like, your type should really be also like character qualities, you know, like you want to look at the heart. So if your type is like, I need someone tall that has this kind of an income that drives this kind of a car that dresses this kind of a way, like, oh, okay. Like girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Like that isn't, those aren't truly lasting qualities. So what is really the type about, you know, like just testing that for yourself at least, because I do believe that some attraction can build over time. Like don't marry someone that you're not, you're just totally unattracted to for sure. But there are so many layers. I love that you described the, like the different love layers too, that you can be attracted to someone in those different, like three different areas. Absolutely. And some of the most longstanding relationships come out of like layered attraction. It's not just one thing because hallelujah for hotness, but like things drop and wrinkle and sag and stretch. (laughs) And so if that's going to be the one driver that you're attracted to, 
you're going to be let down yes. or you're going to put on the pressure of the person that you love mm-hmm. to maintain that for life. And it's against inertia and time that you, things are going to change. <laughs> so make sure that when you're walking into a relationship that you are again, cognizantly aware of the different types of ways that we can love someone and falling in love with the totality of a person. If we fall in love with their bank account and they go broke, does that mean that our love wanes? Yeah. If they're super hot and all of a sudden something tra- tragic happens and they lose the form or the body that we once fell in love with. Yeah. If it's a job where we're like attracted to power, prestige or influence and they lose that job. Hey, there has to be something else to hold on mm-hmm. to rather than that one thing that you're attracted to. Right. So good. And another compatibility point that I just want to touch on, even like with you and your current relationship with your husband is like, do you guys have personality differences? Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, I got to find someone who's like, you know, exactly similar to me, you know? Oh my gosh. Okay. So here the expression opposites attract are true for a reason. That expression yeah. is true. Um, so I do believe that some people, you know, find their kismet match where they're like the carbon copy of each other. And that's not me and <laughs> it's Matt. It's kind of okay? terrifying to me, actually. I'm like, I don't right? think I could deal with another no, version of myself. <laughs> no, that, for me, I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Cause I would kill myself, you know, and that was me. But, um, so I am a Mexican and Puerto Rican. So I'm yes. Mexican. Rican. My yes. family is loud and late and we're just so extra. And we, you know, we, we shout instead of just regular talking. And then my husband is of German descent and he's from the Midwest and he's white as white can be. <laughs> and so the joke was, and I think I, even in our beginning dating stages, people had some grave concerns. It's just like, is this really going to work out? But we've discovered it's like, we're like chips and salsa. He's white and salty. I'm fiery. Who doesn't love this combination? <laughs> and so if you begin to appropriate the narrative rather than saying, oh my gosh, we're so opposite. This would never work. It's like you find the things that really bring you together. Yes. And so I also realized that because he was so different, there was something gaping in my life that I felt like I needed. And he brought that too. So he brought a sense of stability. He brought mm. a sense of protection. He brought a sense of financial responsibility. Okay. <laughs> You're like out there spending all the money and he's like, well, beyond. Well, girl, right? We're gonna reel you in, and you're like, I don't want a a balance check, like. (laughs) And then, but this is the beauty of it. I have so grown to love and appreciate, and he's made me a better thinker. He's made me a better Mm. steward of my resources, 100. But then I get to bring a level of fun, of fun, and 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 being spontaneous and almost borderline reckless and loving a good party and fighting for friends and fighting for relationship and fighting to make fun part and parcel of our life together. We get to balance each other out. We'll bring out the best of each other. That's so good. I think that's like that. Those are the levels you have to analyze in the the stages of compatibility, right? Like you don't have to have every single thing in common. You really don't. It's just like, where is your, where is the, you know, yin to your yang, whatever you want to say, the chips and salsa, right? I love that analogy. But, you know, there's a lot of things that someone can bring to your life and compliment you. And that's why I encourage people, like when you are dating people that you think is like, this is my specific list, like let God show you through dating people who maybe aren't like your specific quote unquote type, because maybe Maybe there are things that you don't know that you actually need that God wants to show you through dating Absolutely. people who are totally not your quote unquote type. 
Like, Absolutely. I've learned some of the best in my relationships by going out with people that I was like, I am not going to be interested in him. And then I went out with him anyway, because I felt God was like, Kate, let me challenge you. And I learned so much. I was like, wow, this person has an amazing character. And maybe they aren't like crazy extroverted and sparkly like I am, but they bring me, like you said, like stability, <laughs> like structure, like, you know, these things that I actually really need. Um, Absolutely. And yeah. And so I love that. And even like, I'm really big on the Enneagram. Are you, are you an Enneagram? Oh my <laughs> gosh. I love you. We took our relationship to the next level. Okay. We're like BFFs now. What are you on the Enneagram, by the way? Okay. Okay. So listen to this. You're truly going to love this. So I am a seven wing yes, eight. Yes, so for those are. that aren't familiar with yes. Enneagram, I am an enthusiast, which means I mm. love parties. I'm highly relational. I just love doing the most. And an eight is a challenger. <laughs> yes. My husband is an eight seven. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when I, so when we both have studied Enneagram and the combination in our marriage, they say when a seven, eight marries an eight, seven, it's either catastrophic or catalytic. So you're either oh, going to wow. change the world or kill each other. <laughs> Thankfully, most of the days we are changing the world. You're catalytic. But um, some days it's catastrophic. Yeah. It's pretty catastrophic, but, um, but the beautiful thing about it is that like, we literally could not be any further than opposite. Like our literal numbers are complete opposite yeah. at the same time, which I want to advocate for is you have to have commonalities. Yeah. So even if you are attracted to someone emotionally and physically and spiritually, but you don't have commonalities, it will rub and up against the grain. And so yeah. though my husband and I are totally different and you know, he's from Midwest white background and I'm from a Hispanic SoCal West coast, West coast background. <laughs> yes. Our commonalities mm. first and foremost is our faith. Like we yeah. absolutely love that. We're passionate about the church. We're passionate about God's people, but we also are both early birds. We both love to work out. We both love to eat clean. We both mm. love to have parties. We love to host and entertain. We love to travel. It's super adventurous. Yeah. We love to dream and ideate. So there's these like core commonalities that will bring us together. So I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not saying, hey, find someone that's on the opposite spectrum of you. You definitely have to have some commonalities. Okay. Yeah. So what are you on any Oh my gosh. Well, as you're saying that too, I just remind. so I'm a three wing two. So you know that threes, seven and eights actually have some, a lot of commonalities to be I honest. Know. So know. they're all like the like, you know, more leaders, I guess, in ways like we like to do things. We like to like speak or, you know, just obviously that's why we're here. I know so many sevens that have podcasts. It's so funny. I'm like, or threes, because it's just like, we either love to have a lot of fun or you love to be a leader and just do. <laughs> um, and the challengers are great leaders because they love to be bold. Um, but you know, what's something that's funny in that is that I read recently, I forget where this was, Mary, maybe it was Ian, Ian Morgan Cron who has the typology podcast, but can't remember, but he said that you're actually, you're usually most compatible. And this is like, there isn't like a set like compatibility thing, honestly, on the Enneagram, but you're actually, if there was, it would be the person or the number next to you. So that's so funny for you guys. I don't know if you knew that, but like the seven. Wait, wait, wait yeah. say that again? Yeah. So I heard that like, you're actually the most compatible. Like there isn't like a set compatibility rule, but he said that if there is a way, like the, the more beneficial compatibility are the numbers next to you. So for me, 
would be a four <gasps> or a two. No. Yeah. So for you, it'd oh, be a six or an eight. And look at you. You married and I an eight. Got one. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's a sign. See, I know. Eight years into marriage, I married an eight, and this is a sign I've been waiting for. Confirmation. Like, hallelujah. <laughs> but then I'm like I thinking about the right it. Guy. I'm like, I don't know if I want to marry a four. Anyway, I love the fours out there, but I'm like, wait, I don't know. <laughs> Do I want to marry a four or two? Um, so I don't think it's like a hard and fast rule, but it's just like, it's so funny as you're saying that. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, that's that like totally goes in line with what I heard. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I hope if people don't know the Enneagram, they'll go and look it up after this because otherwise they have just yes. like no clue what we're talking about. But there are nine different Enneagram types and it's a really, it's like a psycho-spiritual like personality test. So it's like a, I think it's like a more spiritual version of Myers-Briggs and things. You don't feel so compartmentalized. It helps you to understand the deeper core of who you are and like why from childhood onwards. So I love the Enneagram. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And if you just Google Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M into Google, you will find a free test. Seriously. And then like, let us know your numbers. Yes. It's so fun. Please DM us. Also, I feel like I'm going to contact Enneagram Institute after this and be like, hey guys, do you want to sponsor this episode? We're talking all about the Enneagram. Brilliant. That's the three guys. That's the achiever yeah, right there. There we go. We got to have a plan, y'all. Bianca, you're the best. This has been so fun. I just feel like we've covered a lot of ground. We're gi- we're giving some people some really good nuggets on like how to date well and not be super awkward Christians and to just be healthier and enjoy the process. It's the whole point. It's like we can't see dating as this like very daunting, frustrating, awful task that we hate doing. Like it can actually be a fun and awesome and growing process. Like I have actually had so many friends in the process of doing this and learned so much about myself. So just like having this conversation, I hope that people don't make the same mistakes we did, but we'll take this and be like, I can go up and date and have an awesome time and learn more. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a great goal. Thank you for pouring into the lives of so many people. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share and tell stories. I believe that transformation comes out from the heart Mm. of stories. So as you share yours, you're empowering other women to share theirs and Mm. learn from your mistakes and hopefully Mm. not encounter their own. So thank you. you, Thanks to those that are listening. What a privilege. Girl. And then I got to do this. So I asked everyone the same last question before we get off. I should have said this earlier, but what is like, you're just your final nugget. Like if you have like one final line that you want to say to people before we get off here today, what would it be? The final nugget of dating advice? (laughs) I think the final thing that I would tell listeners is, well, one, it's not going to be one. I'm just going to give you three because I love three. Do it. Do the three. I'm all about like just numerology <laughs> and three is, it, it's just great. So, um, I say the first thing is give yourself some grace. Yeah. You're not going to have this thing perfectly figured out. You might hurt people and you might get hurt in the process, but don't give up on love mm. Two, make sure that you're open to criticism and open and vulnerable when it comes to maybe there's an area in your life that you need to tweak or modify to make you the best version of you. Don't shy away from feedback. Don't shy away from asking a friend, Hey, should I you know, change a certain thing about me? Yeah. Is there something that you see that, Hey, it's not the best uh, version of myself. Let me know. Um, and lastly, I, I just, I love this whole movement of like self-acceptance and mm-hmm. like positive uh, interpretations of ourselves. And I led with give yourself grace, but there's also the other side of me is that we've let ourselves go under the guise of, well, Jesus made me this way. And so it's okay. But I'm like, 
No, you can't go 10 days on dry shampoo. It's really important that you floss your teeth. And hey, make sure that you're actually getting a pedicure. You know, like let it be the best version of yourself. And self-care isn't selfish. And maintenance, there is a difference between maintenance and vanity. Take care of yourself. Invest in yourself. Be the best version of yourself. Because that's what God could have for you. So a good, again, it's not one, it's three. But (laughs) I just talk too much and love it. I would expect nothing less, girl. (laughs) You're the best. Thank you, Bianca. And if everyone wants to connect with you, where can they find you or find your church or anything like that? Yeah. So, um, social media, love social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Bianca Oltoff or my website at BiancaOltoff.com. And our church is located in Orange County, California in Anaheim, really near Disneyland. Uh, We are a new church plant. And so anyone and everyone is invited to come out to the father's house. OC. I love it. You know that Disneyland's my favorite place ever. Like uh, I, you need to come. You just yeah, need to come. You I go, go to like twice a month, Earth, and then come to this, our happiest place on Earth. Which is I'm all Earth. about it. The best thing ever to me is like church, Jesus, and Disneyland. Like there I can't go. think of two better things other than that plus Celine Dion. Then maybe it's like the trifecta for me. But yes, uh, yes, I'm gonna come down and visit you. I would love it. Thank you so much for having me, Bianca. You're the best. Thanks, girl. Y'all, let me just repeat this. It's weird if you're weird. It's extra if you're extra. So be normal. Thank you, Bianca Altaf, for all of that wisdom today. The reality is, friends, that we don't have to be so flippin' awkward when we date. We don't really don't. If you go on a date, it is just a date. It's not a marriage proposal. It's not a lifelong commitment. It is just an opportunity to meet someone amazing that God has created. It's also an opportunity to learn more about yourself and expand your perspectives and even figure out more about what you're truly looking for. Plus, you might get to make an amazing new friend in the process. So take off the pressure. Now, if you want to connect with Bianca, I highly encourage you to do so. She's hilarious and so inspiring. You can find her on Instagram at at Bianca Oltoff. And I also encourage you to look up how you can support her nonprofit in the name of love. I love what she's doing there. And lastly, if you are in California or visiting, I encourage you to go visit her church down in the OC right by Disneyland called The Father's Office. What an amazing treat speaking to Bianca today. I hope y'all loved it. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heart of dating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends.